see some movement at the takeoff zone. It's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry. This thing holding open. It spits. When it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit. Spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good-looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got that guitar pick so that you can uh, open us up with a riff oh god i don't know let me see this would good be embarrassing are you are we recording yeah In that tune. Zeppelin? No, that's supposed to be Down by the River by Neil Young. Oh, okay, okay. Sound ama- sounded amazing. Even though I didn't know it, that's not, that's not your fault. That's my fault. Uh, it's all good. Uh, is it still freezing cold, even though it's four in the afternoon? Yeah. Jeez. It's cold. I have really low body temperature for some reason, man. I get cold so easy. Cold-hearted. not even big warm heart (laughs) open up the show holy shit david it's spit um that might be the first time i cuss before we actually introduce the show new year new scott that's right it is spit the spit podcast where we are spitballing spewing forth opinions and takes on everything that has to do with the world of surf and my name is scott bass and we are joined of course by our fearless producer and co-host David Scales. And David, good afternoon. Hey, welcome to 2021. This is the first podcast that either of us have done in the new year. So uh, welcome. Yeah, we've got quite um, some crazy breaking news. I almost feel like we should just get into that. I'm glad. So it's funny, you and I were normally record Tuesday morning. Had we recorded Tuesday morning, we would have missed the biggest news story of the month. And yes. um so it's Tuesday afternoon, basically, and good swell, delayed yeah. our normal morning recording, and here we are in the afternoon, and it's fortuitous because, like I said, what's the late late breaking news, Scott? Well, the late breaking news is from the WSL that they have suspended, um, well, I'm sure canceled, actually, is the better word as I look at the press release. They have canceled the... WCT Sunset Open scheduled for January 29th or January 19th through the 28th and the big wave Jaws Championship at Peahi has also been canceled. The World Surf League has also decided to postpone rather than cancel to postpone the CT event at the Santa Cruz Pro, which was scheduled for February 2nd through the 12th. So this is the big breaking news that's raking through the surf world here today. Huge. What was the reason for their cancellation? The cancellation occurred because the state of Hawaii, the various um, uh, governmental bureaucratic uh, entities, such as the Tourism Department and the Department of Land Management and a number of other, the Tourism Board, they all kind of got together. I'm sure the Tourism Board was like, come on, we got to be able to do this. 
and the rest of them, like the Department of Emergency Risk and all these other bureaucratic um, organizations there in the state government, they got together and they said, no more surfing due to COVID. So COVID is no really more surf the contest. Excuse me. Yeah. No more surf contest. COVID-19 is really the the reason here it's not the wsl the wsl's hand was forced by the state of hawaii that should be clear no uh i will <laughs> offer my i'll interject my opinion now okay because i don't think that's i think you're right that's how this is played out but this was a result of the wsl bringing an event with the pipe masters and them spreading covid contracting the ceo ceo eric logan contracting COVID and then spreading COVID and simultaneously not being able to run the event as a result of it. So I think that was a terrible PR situation for Hawaii and that's why these events are canceled. If the WSL came over and ran the Billabong Pipe Masters with no issue, I don't know that these events would have been canceled. And by the way, last news or last week, uh, the Vulcan Pipe Pro and the Dahui Backdoor Shootout also got pulled. So those events got canceled. Now the WSL is kind of the next domino to fall. Yeah. And, you know, look, I can't sit here and, def and uh, you know, you could be right on target here. There's a, a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, you know, when the Dahui event gets canceled, I'm sure there's some locals over there that get pissed off and they're like, well, if we're canceled, how come sunset's happening? You know, and I'm not sure that that occurred either. I just know that there's a lot of money and a lot of ego and a lot of moving parts over there. And, you know, somewhere in the middle of all this is the fine line that is the truth of what's happening. But at the end of the day, for the end user of, um, you know, uh, fan, the fan base that enjoys watching competitions, uh, be it WSL or the Dahui shootout, uh, this is a bummer. You know, this is kind of a bummer for, for pro surfing. No question about it. Um, I think this was the only logical conclusion after what happened at the Pipe Masters, to be honest with you. I think there's way too much liability going into event number two at sunset um, for the corporation itself. Like, ultimately, you could look at uh, the way that the NBA resumed their season, the way that the UFC did theirs. And they, so the NBA was in a bubble. And I know there were contract uh, contractions of COVID throughout that. But because they're quarantined, they can continue running their uh, sporting events. You know what I mean? So it's contained. They come to a community contained. If there is contraction, it's all there in the bubble and they can keep running the events. For the WSL to show up on the North Shore, spread the virus, <laughs> and then and then have to I mean honestly there's no other way of putting it spread the virus and then also have to cancel the or postpone the event for those days so they're not actually maintaining the business's goal which is running the event and there's this kind of um, health threat and PR nightmare so two things are happening there so if that's what happened in event one and by the way we covered it in past shows but my argument is that um, there was a lack of planning. There was a lack of a plan B. There was a lack of a PR strategy for if this did happen, which ultimately kind of was inevitable. So considering that none of that planning was in place for event one, event one happens. 
it'd be a really tough sell to say, hey, let us go ahead and do event number two still. When we've proven that we don't have the plan in place, we've proven if we do spread this with our hundred staffers or so that come over and are coming and going throughout the event site, if that does happen, then we have to postpone the event because there's no plan in place for how to keep running the event because we're on this film permit. That is all way too much liability from a legal standpoint for the corporation. Yeah, you know, the, 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 I think the one telling shot, you mentioned it last time, was that shot when they panned down the beach, they had an empty beach of pipeline. Uh, they had a film permit, but they panned down the beach and you saw where the rope, you know, the base, basically the caution tape stopped and the public was allowed to convene and it was packed with you know what i don't know let's just say 150 200 people all within you know not social distancing maybe wearing masks i don't know but rubbing shoulders i think that shot kind of sums up where we're at you know in, in many ways and i know there's a lot more to it than that but i i have the state of hawaii's um i don't know did you read the state of hawaii's thing it's pretty cut and dry there's not much color to it here but I'll go ahead and read it. This is for immediate release on today's day, January 5th in Honolulu. Following many discussions with health and natural resource leaders, the state of the state to find a way forward for future surf contests in Hawaii, we have determined that the state will be suspending surf competitions at this time. The public health and safety of our communities, contestants, spectators, and guests is first and foremost in this decision. Unlike other professional and amateur events held on private property, hmm, I wonder what that is, like UFC maybe or something? Yeah, sporting event, uh, any yeah. ball sports. Right. The enforcement of crowds and large gatherings on public property will be challenging. Cut to that shot of pipe that you mentioned from last week. The Department of Business, Economic Development and Tourism consulted with the Department of Health. This is, by the way, where there's a line in the, in the sand between the two bureaucratic or the, the few bureaucratic departments. You've got the Department of Business and the Department of Economic Development and Tourism on one side of the equation. They consulted with the Department of Health, with the Department of Land and Natural Resources, the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency, and the governor's office on the other side of the equation. You can see how you've got you know, political will here, that's, that's, there, there's, there's a battle here, right? You've got, you know, the governor doesn't want to lose face again. And, and of course, the, the tourism people, they're like, hey, man, we, we need to make some money. You know, like people are going out of business here. Yeah. But obviously, the one side of the equation won out, that being of health and the governor's office. And um, they say, look, we respectfully ask for your patience, understanding, cooperation, very challenging times here. We're trying to find a way forward together during this global pandemic. So that's the state of Hawaii's official release. It's a, it's a logical conclusion for them to come to, by the way. I could, it is. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's the prudent decision. The only ones pushing for surf contests are you and I who are sitting in California, so yeah. we're not affected and we just want to watch competition, and of course the WSL who needs to run their business. But otherwise, there's no good <laughs> rationale for doing it. No, it's pretty selfish to be here and be saying, hey, man, let's do this. And no, oh, by the way, um, all of this sort of comes on the heels. And I'm sure that these, these, um, this was brought into the equation when they were making this decision today. But of course, there's this new strain, right? This, this more contagious strain from Britain, the UK strain, whatever they're calling it. 
And in addition, we have um, basically within the media, there's, a, there's some undertones of a disappointment in the way that the vaccine is not being administered quickly. So you've got these other two things also weighing on these politicians and, uh, and the decision makers. And we are where we are. There are going to be no events in Hawaii this year, or at least in the first half of 2021, and postponed in Santa Cruz, which is what you and I talked about last week. We sort of, of course, were, you know. yeah. So we'll get to Santa Cruz and beyond, but can I read Eric Logan's Instagram post from one hour ago? Yes. So this news broke on the WSL's Instagram and they have a much more kind of formal version. Eric's slight is slightly uh, more personal. And by the way, Eric Logan, who's generally pretty active on social media, um, the last thing that he posted was on December 12th and it was in regard to him contracting COVID. I have not heard from him since. I've reached out. I don't know anything about his health. I was I could only presume that he's um, doing okay. He's a healthy guy and I would think has a strong immune system. And certainly we hope that he's doing okay, but we haven't received any formal kind of press release from the WSL about the condition of those who contracted COVID at Pipeline. So the only Instagram that he's posted since that initial contraction on December 12th uh, is today, an hour ago. And he said, this morning, the state of Hawaii announced that surfing competitions are suspended until further noticed. Notice, unfortunately, this means we're unable to run our Sunset Pro event. As disappointing as this news is, I understand the state's decision and appreciate the dialogue that we've been able to have with them. We always appreciate dialogue too, WSO. Um, <laughs> without their partnership, the start of the tour would have never happened. However, with the surge of this pandemic, the state's decision is prudent and appropriate. I would like to thank Maui and the North Shore communities you know, uh, for all the support to get the tour started. Additionally, as we look toward the end of the United States tour, the surge of COVID cases in California is alarming. Due to that, we have also decided to postpone the Santa Cruz Pro. While it is disappointing and challenging decisions, it's also without a doubt in the best interest of public health, our surfers, staff, and fans. These are hard decisions, but health and safety are top priority. Currently, we are working with everyone to get home safe. We look forward to the return of competition with the Australia leg of the tour in April. Yeah, that's an interesting, so that's kind of where I go with this as we try to stay ahead of the curve here. We spoke about Santa Cruz last week and this week, um, I, I'm, my, my thoughts are with April and with Australia and the Australian leg. Let me give you a little bit of an insight. Um, right now, Australia currently, they have 286 active cases of COVID-19 in the whole country. Amazing. 286. They have 31 people in the hospital throughout the country because of COVID. They have zero people in ICU in their hospitals. Now, of note, just two weeks ago, Australia had 47 cases. They now have 286 cases. For about, since the middle of September, they've been on this sort of even-keeled line of cases between anywhere between, say, 150 to 95 to even 47 cases at one point. And now they're kind of moving slowly up the scale, much like the rest of us, UK, Europe, United States, a lot of countries, because of the post-holiday season, we're seeing a slight move towards more cases and Australia is the same way, but only 286 cases. But again, two weeks ago, only 47 cases. So 
politicians there, the government there, the health departments there, probably kind of raising an eyebrow. There's also this UK strain that we've already mentioned. Um, I reached out to Nick Carroll about Australia. You know, like, what does he think? Now, he just sent me an email. I haven't really read it. We can read it. If you're up for it, I can read you what Nick Carroll just sent me. Yeah. Is it lengthy? Um, no, it's not too bad. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so next, I asked Nick, I said, hey, um, what did I ask him? I basically said, hey, uh, what's your take on the WSL invading Australia in April? Does the general population of Australians, do you think they want a world surf tour in their country? Or is it better to wait for everyone's, you know, better to wait so that everyone can stay healthy? Um, any thoughts? And he says, well, I don't think the general public is opposed to holding CTs here in Australia, but many things need to go right. You might think, why would anyone in Australia be flipping out about this for any reason, seeing as how there's currently only 289 active cases in the whole country and only 909 people have died of COVID-19 since the pandemic began. But of course, it's all relative. People here might be even more on edge. They haven't just slumped back into a state of despair over the whole thing the way seems to have happened in Europe and maybe in the United States. The COVID has been really well handled in Australia, but a big part of that has been a very serious approach to international travel. Basically, if you travel to Australia right now, you are immediately escorted into a 14-day quarantine in an approved hotel at your expense. You do mandated COVID tests during that time, and you're only released from quarantine after two negative tests in the last four days of your quarantine. So everyone who comes to Australia for the tour will have to do that. So that right there is a big chunk. I mean, you're looking at looking at like $3,000 just in a hotel stay that you got to pay for no matter what. You don't get to go hang out, you know, at your buddy's flat while you're quarantined. Then he goes on to say, then you face the possibility of localized lockdowns, which is how Australia deals with the little spot fires that spring up every now and then. Sometimes state borders are closed for weeks. Travel within Australia can be limited as a result of this. So you might fly into Melbourne to go to Bells, then find you can't go to Queensland for the Snapper event or to WA for the Margaret event. Then there's spectator crowds, which are such a no-no right now at major sporting events. Bells is a pretty easy venue for a pro event. You can limit the spectators simply by blocking the various ways in and permitting only certain numbers. Snapper, you can't really do that. Margaret is in between. A lot of sharks around Margaret right now, Margaret's right now. However, it's a very complex situation. But the Australian wing of the WSL and its cohorts has infinitely more experience at running pro events than does the Santa Monica crew. If they can't do it, then you might as well call the tour off for 2021. Is this going on too long? There's a couple more paragraphs. Perfect. They'll have to do a lot, capitalized, a lot of work with all the different authorities around the nation, setting up bubbles at each location, managing every single person's itinerary in a way pro surfers just aren't used to, and opening up the public communications in a way the WSL itself seems utterly incapable of doing. Australians by now are very used to constant public communication from governments and health authorities, held at predictable times, and updating everyone on all the info available, whether it's good or bad news. 
it's part of the country's success story with the virus communication david they're going to expect that level of communication from the wsl too more broadly there's been sporting events including surf contests going ahead here and there international ones as well depending on the situation at the time but those situations are in constant flux I reckon this will probably change quite a bit over the next two months, partly because the vaccine will be fully rolled out here in March, and partly because as the local lockdowns succeed in stamping out the spot fires, a lot of confidence will return that sports events can be managed. Hope this helps, Nick. Thank you, Nick. That's a very well, well stated and quick email he sent back to me right away. Amazing, huge thanks to Nick. I mean, it covers a lot of the thoughts I had just um, before we even start recording, but even in more detail and with a little bit more clarity and precision. Ultimately, what I think is, even if some of those things happen, that Nick, the vaccine coming in March, or spot little spot uh, flare-ups being put out, I don't think there's a version of this where it gets, everything gets green lit and it's like a floodgate of tourism that's allowed to happen again. It'll be a slow, slow burn to where as many people that need to travel can travel kind of unfettered as much kind of uh, tourism support that can be there for the, you know, restaurants, hotels, all that stuff in place to accommodate this type of a thing. That stuff's going to take a long time to come back online. I don't think that between now and April isn't enough time. We've, we've kind of learned over the course of the past year, this is a slow burn, a slow kind of, uh, transition from one phase of something to the next and for what needs to happen for the entire world tour to end up in Australia and go to three different locations in three different states just cannot happen by April period well a couple of things you're right it, it does seem like a long shot um, one thing that struck me was this concept of vaccine tourism like if you could go to Australia and get vaccinated as part of your vacation that'd be pretty cool Right. So yeah. if, if Nick's saying that, hey, in March, the nation's going to get vaccinated. Oh, by the way, if, if there's one thing I glean from Nick's email, it's that they're doing things much more efficiently and uh, just better in Australia regarding COVID-19. Everyone's organized. on the same page. Yeah. Right. There's no bullshit. And so if the entire country is going to get vaccinated, and I'm sure Australia has purchased the vaccine and they have plans and they're rolling it out. They have great government health. The whole country gets vaccinated by the end of March, right? And then let's say, I don't know, 150 people roll in for, a, for, a world, for three different World Surf Tour events. And none of them, they're from different parts of the, the globe. Yeah. And no they, all have, they all have to quarantine for two weeks. They have to basically do what Nick just said. Of course. 3000 yeah. bucks in a hotel, quarantine. We'll shoot you up with the vaccine. Once you get two negatives, you're good to go. But at that point, at that point, two weeks, 3000 bucks, quarantine and a vaccine, and you're good to go. And you leave with the, with the vaccine in you. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. And by the way, it could be two weeks quarantine in between states, too. Yeah, that's where I'm not sure, because I, I reckon if the entire country, and did you hear how I said reckon? I said, I reckon, like a little bit of an Aussie thing there. I, I'm, sus, I'm suspecting that if the entire country is vaccinated, the little, the differences between the states won't matter as much. Like the, the entire, it's an island. The island's yeah. vaccinated. Up. 
You're right, but March vaccinations, April green light everything, and everybody's welcome again. If you you know, like it yeah, seems I like know. a Maybe, little bit. Yeah, it, it's it like does. it's like turning on a fire hose the moment yeah. that you know. They've so, been too careful for that, right? I mean, if you look they, at the exactly. way they've handled it, yeah. they've just been so good about going, you know what? Okay, let's ease things back in. We're not going to be stupid here. We're not going to be like the United States. We're not going to just go, oh! Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, it would just be out of character is ultimately what it comes down to. Whether it's right or wrong, it's just out of character for the way that they've managed everything thus far. Yeah. So, so, I mean, if that's the conclusion that you and I are drawing. But can you push it back now? And I'm sorry to interrupt, but no. let's just push it back to May. Is that still too much of a fire hose? Is that too much for the, for the Australian government to just kind of go, here we go. I think you're right. I, I, I just don't see this thing happening. I, I just don't see the Australian government having the political will to just go, oh, well, it's the World Surf League. I mean, we got to do it. You know, like, no, no, they, no. they don't care. And no. also, uh, if you pushing it back to May isn't a guarantee either. It would be the WSL saying, hey, we're going to, put this all just on ice maybe for a month and then we'll go a couple of weeks and decide whether or not we have to take it off ice or we green light it and all the risk involved with that. I don't think it's, I think it either goes in May or goes in April or it doesn't. And I think they would be very wise if they haven't already to start figuring out an entire contingency plan, which is a bubble in Indonesia on boats where they can run five specialty events, you know, or something like that. Because if they want to run any events in 2021, look, if they don't run California, if they don't run Hawaii, California, and Australia, what's the point of running a half-assed rest of the tour? Like yeah. you might as well just do a specialty tour. Yeah, it's 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 so weird when you think about like the idea of doing a bubble event in Indonesia. It just reeks of like entitled, wealthy first world sporting league shows up into you know indonesia's ravaged by the thing and we don't even trust their data they probably have 15 times more people with it than we even know and i i i mean look at it too like this like let's say they go to australia or the, let's say they go to indonesia or let's say they go wherever and it doesn't go good people get sick and it's pointed and they point to eric like they did with the pipe event i mean can you take two black eyes, two COVID black eyes? Can the WSL handle that? Is it worth it? Is it worth no. getting the PR drama? Or is there no such thing as bad news? Well, look, let's actually have that conversation about culpability. Um, you're, br you're bringing it, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, for real, how could you not? Like, I, I really, I and I like Eric as a person. And so I'm not the one who makes a decision about, you know, whatever but from By the way real quick let me say look the surfers want to surf too i mean i'm sure it's not just eric going come on let's do this i know that the surfers are are excited to get get going of course but the yeah. surfers would have preferred to have the event happen at pipeline without getting stopped in the middle of the event and without them not knowing how to contain the virus or to keep the event going if the virus did get spread. You know, yeah, like yeah. I agree with you. The surfers are the ones that are suffering, but I do, I've been harping on this for a while now. I do think it's a reflection. Their suffering is a reflection and a result of a lack of leadership at the company. A lack of really understanding and having these contingency plans in place. And by the way, PR strategy in place and all these other things, the surfers and us as the viewers are the ones who are left holding the bag. So 
in regard to culpability, I heard that at that pipe event, they were testing every three days. So all of that event staff, they were doing um, temperature checks repeatedly throughout the day, but actual COVID tests were just every three days. So you can talk about an abundance of caution or I can read directly from his Instagram about uh, how wellness and health is of, of the utmost importance. But within a three day window, you can transmit the virus to presumably a number of people when you're at that contest scene. So there, there are other ways that they could have managed the pipeline event period. Yeah. Look, it's, it's, I can't, I can't defend it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying, but I just, just for the sake of the pod, I'm trying. I don't, I don't necessarily, I mean, it's, it's, it's undefendable. It really is. And so, so when it comes to culpability, you're talking about a black eye. There's already a black eye. What does, what's the decision for the corporate brass and Dirk Ziff at this point? I mean, how do you manage this? Well, look, we know that there's, it seems to be um, for the short period, let's say three to five years, Dirk, okay, let me just cut to the chase. Dirk Ziff's got plenty of money to run this thing. He can run it for a long time. So. We don't know if he's gonna or not, but there's not a financial problem. The problem is just going to be when he's when he's bored with it, or he or it's just it, you know for whatever reason it's just not making his brand, the Ziff brand, look good. So, uh, I don't fully agree. I understand that you what you're saying is money that money has yeah he has enough to keep funding a losing asset, but the richest people I know care more about nickels and dimes. No, I'm not doubting that. I'm, I'm not doubting that. I'm just saying that, that we know that there's, if, if there's a will to keep it going, it's, it, then there's not a fiscal issue. Correct. If there's a will to keep it going. But yeah. the will, I, what I would argue is that his will to keep it going does have grounds in fiscal, you know, viability. And, and, and also he's, I mean, if there's, ever a, if there's ever a great time to just kind of go, oh, you know what, we try this thing. It's unfortunately COVID. You know what I mean? Like you've got the COVID out. It's a yeah. great out, you know, like yeah. COVID. Sorry, we tried. We rolled it up. Dude, we did it, you know, double the women. We did everything we could do. Sorry, we're out. Good luck. Yeah, right. And, and, and no one can say anything. Everyone's like, yeah, he's losing money. Yeah. Couldn't even, do, couldn't do two years of events. Yep. Yeah, that would be understandable. Um, I don't think it's the only option for them, but it would be understandable if that's ultimately what happened. Um which is so unfortunate, by the way. I've been watching the free surf stuff from Sunset. Oh my God, right now. I've been- I'm, I'm watching Pipe right now. It's friggin' ridiculous. It really you got, is. Do you got it on? No, I don't have it on while we're recording, but it honestly, Pipe, we get to see all the time. I feel like Sunset has fallen out of fashion in the last decade to where the, the only clips you see of like the top level kind of CT surfers is in a QS event. But now we're seeing all this free surf footage when those guys would normally be surfing pipe, by the way, or other places, they're all out at sunset and it's freaking radical to see John John at sunset when it's pumping. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny you bring this up and, and we spoke about this a little bit last time, but the Vans triple crown of surfing, this is like the first year I've given a shit about it in a long time. It's, it's fascinating. 
I'm into it. Like, and yeah. I'm watching insane Sunset Beach. I'm watching insane Hollyiva. I'm watching, you know, I can just go, I've got a little segment on this. Um, and I sent this to Matt too. I was, cause you know, Matt sent, Matt Warshaw sent out his thing about women surfing this week. I don't know if you saw it, but I did. Um, the glass ceiling at Pipeline, it's look, we know it's already been broken, right? Um, Kayla Kennelly, Rochelle Ballard, even contemporarily, uh, Carissa Moore. And there's a lot of girls too, like Sean Davies' wife, Lane Davy comes to mind. There's, there's a lot of, there's that young girl now that's ripping it, but I, I can't remember. Moana. There's, Moana there's, there's girls that have come before this winter, right? That have, that have broke this. So I guess what I'm saying is I could argue that the glass ceiling at Pipeline's already been broken, right? But the big takeaway for me here is that this 2020 season in Hawaii, um, it's the season where the girls are sort of breaking away the remaining shards that are in the frame of the glass ceiling. You know what I mean? They're quietly sweeping the shards up. And it has to do with really two things. One is this shark attack in Maui that moved the women to pipe. All of a sudden, whoa, we, you know, Glass ceiling, you know, Rochelle Ballard, Kayla, they're all on the podcast. We're listening to them. And the other thing is the Vans Triple Crown of Surfing. For the first time ever, the girls are being told, hey, we want you to surf at Pipe. And oh, by the way, to win the Vans Triple Crown of Surfing, you better submit some footage. And David, I know you've seen the Vans Triple Crown of Surfing website and you've seen the footage. And you know that there's only one girl so far that's, that's submitted footage from Pipeline. Two. Oh, from Pipeline. From pipeline, which is from that's pipeline. what I'm saying. This is this segment's mostly yeah. about yeah, yeah, how yeah. this season you. is the season that's kind of it, it's it's sort of quietly creating a great situation for the women pro surfers. For those who want to step up to the plate. Yeah, it, and they're basically saying, if you don't, this like this is your chance. We're giving you money. We're giving you an opportunity, a framework, a format. We're putting it all in front of you. There's one girl that's that's submitted clips so far. And that's Moana, Moana Jones? Zoe McDougal. Oh, okay. And by the way, it's just okay. It's not, but my point is she's doing it. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, it's better than Tyler Wright's wave at Pipe, I'll tell you that. Yeah. By the way, um, Moana Jones got one the afternoon of the Pipe Masters, like when the event finished. She went out there in the free surf and got one that trumped everybody, all the females, CTers, waves. Um, I was, I meant to repost it on Instagram, but I forgot about it. But I mean, so I agree with you there. The other detail in what you're saying about the Vance Trump crown thing is you don't have to jump through all the hoops of qualification. Like it's a wide open door for anybody that wants to step up and compete with Zoe McDougal's clip. And I would argue Moana should just send them the one that she already posted on Instagram. That would be a top contender, but I don't know if she's actually, um, in the running because you had to sign up for the event beforehand. She, well, she's, her clips are up. I mean, would they put oh, okay. clips? Yeah. She's, she's the only girl that has footage from pipe. And I sent a thing to, um, to, uh, my buddy Jake at, who runs, who does the writing for the advanced triple crown of surfing. And I was like, Hey, is Coco Ho going to submit clips? Do you know if there's some clips in the pipeline of Coco Ho or Carissa Moore? But I haven't even seen one one clip of Chris Moore in any of the events, like the mm -hmm. Holly events. And so, but it's basically it's Coco Ho and the Zoe McDougal are the two. And Coco has clips from Sunset and I believe Holly Eva, but she doesn't have pipe. Right. And so, and Zoe's got, you know, some just kind of mediocre. She's not the greatest surfer, but I give her tons of kudos and moxie for, you know, or she's got the moxie to, 
to step up and, and do this, you know, and you can tell she's into it. Like she's trying to win the Vans Triple Crown of Surfing. Zoe McDougall, who are you probably heard of, and I'm yeah. not too familiar. Yeah, so I, it was unclear to me before the event started, is there a women's division? Well, there is, and, and like I said, I, you know, the, I think Vans should be commended for providing this powerful platform for okay. the women. I mean, to say, bring us a clip of Pipeline is basically to say, we're sweeping up the glass shards, the, the ceiling's been broke, yeah. here you go, come in, make some money, let's do this, and let's see which one of these women steps up. The way I saw the clips, they were all kind of on the same page with the men, so I just thought maybe it was an open thing. I oh. didn't know there was an allocated women's division, yeah. so good for there them. There is. Good for them. And, and, and Bronte McCauley's done some stuff. Is Bronte McCauley going to surf pipe? I don't know, man. I mean, I know she can, but there's not. There's a big difference between being able to ride the wave and being able to deal with pipeline and all of what it is, like parking and paddling out and getting your spot and finding a spot and knowing, you know, there's a lot of anxiety that goes into surfing pipeline. But you, you don't want to leave a zero in your score line for that venue. If you can get an eight at Hollyiva and a seven at Sunset, you don't want to leave a zero for pipeline because Coco might, you know, well, my or, opinion or is Zoe. you shouldn't, if anyone leaves a zero at Pipeline, then you're not in the advanced triple crown of surfing. Agreed. Totally agree. I mean, that's why I'm saying like, this is the time to women step up and Vans is, is giving you this great opportunity. Fully the glass, agree. the shards are being swept up by these contemporary women. I want to see Carissa more out there. Kayala's got like a wave, I think at Holly Eva or one wave at Sunset. It's just kind of a medium sized wave. She should be providing us with a pipe. Is that the closeout barrel she pulled into at sunset? I don't know. I didn't even look at it. Oh man. I, I, I saw, saw it was like 11. I saw her get one. It was gnarly. Like she knifes a drop and just goes straight into a closeout, like full bravado. Like there yeah. was no chance she was going to make it, but the fact that she charged it would have in your version of judging at the pipe event, like pull into the barrel and we'll give you five points you're not going to get five points for doing two turns. That sunset barrel would have been a five point closeout for sure. Yeah. She's got way more testosterone than I do, man. That, that girl charges. You want to hear something funny yeah. uh, from Slater on, yeah, I think he's on. So a listener sent this to me. It was on Tosh Tudor's Instagram. He posted at sunset and some random dude tagged Kelly Slater and he said, Hey, take notes might help you win sunset dot 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 for once and, Slater, <laughs> and Slater's Slater. won, he's won at sunset i think slater's won at sunset i don't think he a, has. a qs like in 92 no. or something no. no he hasn't and so slater tags him back and says how many times have you won it asking for a friend who's soliciting advice and the guy replies back and says and as many times as you have mate <laughs> I did see that. That was hilarious. And then Slater said, touche, hey, I got third once. Right. And oh, the, the earth's round. Yeah, exactly. But I thought that was a very hilarious exchange. And I love that Kelly takes the bait with trolls, you know? I, and, and that he takes it with, um, with a bit of, you know, good heartedness about it. You know, he, that's the thing about Kelly. It's kind of cool. He shows some humility and we love that in Champions. He has a he has a fun time on Instagram. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, well, what about WS the rest of the Vans Triple Crown? Have you been? Have you seen like any of the wave? I know you saw the Holly Eva stuff, but there's been. I mean, as you know, Pipe's been in. Hawaii's been so good this year. It's oh, ridiculous. I know it's crazy. 
crazy. And um, there's been some really good bands, Triple Crown stuff. You know, Who's your money on? Well, my, as I look at my notes, Nathan, so Nathan Florence is in first, who you and I agreed. We're like, Nathan Florence probably could win this thing. Remember a couple, three yeah. weeks ago? And then um, John John is just blown. To, as far as Holly Eva, the, I don't think anyone can touch John John and Holly Eva. He's, he's got like some ridiculous number of points. Did you see a sunset clip too? I think he's got a sunset clip. Is it uh, his sunset that, clip's insane. That's the one you put on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. The hooks he does at Holly Eva and the hooks he does at Sunset are just mind-blowing. And, and Jack Robinson's right there as far as the level of, of power, speed, flow, hook, just like drama that, that lays out in those turns. It's, in, it's insane, right? Um, Dark Horse, Tori Meister. <laughs> the thing is, you watch Tori Meister, like you watch John John, you watch Jack Robinson, then you go to the Tori Meister's clip, and it's kind of not on the not on the same level. No. You know? That's what I told you last time. He was my Duke because of his workhorse ethic. Yeah. But he's just simply not as talented. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's no amount of work that can allow him to get to the level of what John John's doing. Um John John looks like he has more rail line than everybody else. You know what's what I noticed about John John, I was thinking about today when I was watching him, sir. He's a very strong guy like his legs like he's got super like he's got like tom carroll legs you know what i mean like he's his thighs are huge like he's he's just i think he's stronger than you realize when i think of john john i, I you know not anymore but there was you always thought of sort of like scrawny little kid on the beach at aokai but he's like right. a he's like six two or yeah. he's pretty big and i bet he weighs 180 he's solid he looks like a middle linebacker well, if he has those thighs, he's probably weighs more than 180, I would think. He's, he's just strong. His lower body is strong. Yeah. Um, well, that, that length of rail line that I'm talking about at, that he's using at sunset, he's covering so much ground on a turn. You know, like you see a lot of, I don't know, maybe less strong surfers. They go and they like do a carve kind of up at the top of the wave. John John's just covering 30 yards of rail. It's freaking insane so, because so there's, there's obviously so much canvas there to work with, but nobody knows how to maintain speed, power, and flow through that kind of size canvas because there's so few waves in the world that are like it. And obviously John John lives nearby, so he's probably got experience. And it's honestly, I always hear people comparing Margaret River to sunset and I've never surfed Margaret river, but considering what we've seen from his performances at Margaret, I guess it would make perfect sense that we would now be seeing this at sunset as well. But to my earlier point, we don't get to see enough of him at sunset, you know, like every year, year in and year out, you see him surfing pipe all the time. So it's really awesome to see all of these high level guys at sunset too. Yeah. It's, it's a disappointing a disappointment that we're not going to be able to see uh, the competition at sunset, but like you said, you know, like there, there are clips of John John's free surfing and, you know, we're going to get to see those through the Vance Triple Crown of surfing. And yeah, what I, what, obviously I'm geeked out. Of, I was geeked out about the sunset. I've been calling for sunset to be a CT for like 25 years. And of course it was a CT for a number of years back, you know, in the early two thousands or whatever, but, and be, of course in the eighties and nineties, but uh, there was a long time there where we just didn't have sunset as a CT. And so, uh, you know, but I guess with no tour, it kind of doesn't even matter anymore. Like part of my thought is like, oh, that's too bad because, you know, now sort of the, the, how would I say this? I don't want to say the, the less powerful surfers are going to have a, 
like an easier shot to the world title now that sunsets off of the off of the tour but everything's off of the tour so there, there might not be a tour well that's that was going to be my next question is what's your prediction for the wsl as a company if they don't like we're predicting they don't run in australia if that is true they might just call off 2021 or do like i said a specialty series of events but i doubt that they're gonna run the back half of the season with people traveling around the world trying to kind of do what they tried to do in the first half so if they don't run 2021 completely what does that do to the company does the company survive 2021 well i mean like i said earlier there's plenty of money if you mean will they be solvent yeah they'll be solvent you know i don't think solvency is an issue so do they survive Uh, i mean no let's these are two different things Dirk Ziff's coffers are different than the WSL's coffers, and he's backfilling the WSL's coffers. Right. But the company itself is not solvent. They've, right. okay. I mean, we've been reporting for years. They haven't been making money. They were lo- I forget what we reported on two or three years ago, but I think it was 20 million bucks a year that they're operating in losses. Yeah. So. Okay. So does, do they make up lost revenue i mean do they does, even, no do does, they even make money for, i think they're they make more money by not having events they just hold on to their capital true they're they're spending and losing money at events so yeah. coming out of 2021 what happens does it exist well, in 2022 let's talk i like what you were talking about or let's first talk about a bubble scenario because when we think about a bubble scenario okay we need a a place kind of far, far away where everyone can be situated and we need to put them there for six weeks minimum. Is that too much? If we're going to um, have say three events. Okay. Yeah, like, that's fine. Three events. Okay. Yeah, so, six weeks. so the first place that comes to mind is like Kandui Island, right? You could maybe sure. rent the whole of Kandui Island, throw a yeah. bunch of money at Kandui. You could have insane events um, and you could have a bubble and you could have protocols and you'd have doctors and testing and blah, blah, blah. You could probably pull that off. Where's another place? How about the Maldives? The Maldives has those types of resorts where you can just come in, buy the whole place up for, let's just say a month, you know, do your event at the Maldives. Nobody else is allowed in, you know, the staff isn't allowed, you know, like they, WSL brings in their own staff, their own cooking, like everything's mobile. Yep. What's another place like that? You know, what's another place? Nomotu. Nomotu Island, you could come in and rent Nomotu for a month and a half. Now that's going to be pricey. Because I bet Nomotu's booked. That's the other thing. Are these places booked? Some of them aren't allowing international travel. So yeah, they in the year of booked. COVID, they might not be. So think. Give me a. Give me another spot. I gave you the easy ones. No, I mean some- you're you're better at it than I am. And also, we don't need um, five different locations. We just need to get through 2021. Like in this scenario, you're just doing a three series event through the back half of the season. I think that's adequate. We're not going to pick a world title based on this this is just kind of a specialty year g land let's just do g land you know let's have three events at g land <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm not opposed to that to be honest with you yeah um that would so, actually be kind of cool when you think about it it's kind of like a two out of three thing dude these plans should have been in place already i know these, well, are. these are no but these are the plans by the way that we were pitching six months ago this isn't now yeah. with hindsight but 2021, what happens? I mean, at the end of 2021, I think it's all roses and let's move forward. If, if, if we can backfill the, cap, the coffers with, with 
by, you know, if Dirk can help us out, then we do 2022 and it's on, everyone's vaccinated. This thing's over. Frankly, I think it's going to be over. I think, I think, I think it's going to be over by, you know, August. COVID? Yeah. I mean, the vaccination, the herd immunity, like us kind of getting back to normal. Kids going to school. Now, international travel and surf contests is a different thing. But I mean, generally speaking, the general public, we can only put up with this for so long. You can't simply tell me I can't work and not give me money. Like at some point, I just go, no. And yep. the American consciousness says no. Like, even the most progressive of progressives are going to be like, please, I need to work. It's good for my self. You know, it's, it's, it's good for well, my sense of self. You're speaking for America, but that doesn't mean everybody else will abide by those same rules. And they're the ones who are not suffering as much from the virus as a result. That's true. So I think, so in regard to the WSL solvency, the, yes. All the rumors, all the rumors that I've heard and we've been talking about now for years is yes. that is that there's fewer and fewer, um, there's less optimism about them fulfilling the promises that have been made. And each year there's kind of more doors closed or the number, you know, the 30 million with Facebook, that's way off the table. And now, brand, now you know, um, media companies doing licensing deals with them are paying significantly less than that, like a fraction of that. And so, and so the WSL and their opportunities for earning are just, just dwindled. And especially after the year of COVID where marketing budgets have seized up and all that sort of thing, I could see a pivot to a subscription model, but again, how many times can you uh, pivot a business plan and turn back to the investor and say, we're pivoting the business plan and we need to refill and reload all the money to hire all the new people and do everything that we need to do. I, I think, think, I think we're, we're at our end of that, um, that investor continuing to fill it. I think, I think what happens is I prefer to look at it. Like, let's just, let's just say it's over. It's over. Let's decentralize. Remember when I spoke about, I think, did I talk to you or I talked to Barton or I talked to, I think I brought it up with you about this idea of, and I got it from a listener that sent an email in. Let's put pro surfing back in the hands of Australians. In yeah, my opinion, a, that's where it, it belongs. And so if we decentralize, we know that Australians can handle their, their part of the tour, right? They do whatever they, Margaret's Bells, Snapper, blah, blah, blah. You guys have your four or five events or whatever it is, right? And we know whoever it is there, Bartner Rabbit or Dave McCauley, or I don't know, somebody over there runs it and has, has a good intention and a good heart. And it's not a like for-profit thing. It's like, right. let's, let's build pro surfing. Yeah. And we find somebody, and there are people like this. We find somebody like that in Hawaii that can run that, that situation in Hawaii. And Hawaii is a much different beast. And God, it's, there's so much ego in politics. And I don't know who that person is in Hawaii, but it's, it's got to be somebody that has the, the young Hawaiian pro surfer uh, in his heart, you know, and, and I'm thinking of who's that Billabong race. I'm thinking of Reynos. Maybe Reynos is that guy or, um, you know, back in the day, it might've been Reed, uh, Reed in a way, or, um, you know, I don't know who the guy is in Hawaii, but there's a guy in Hawaii that's got it in his heart to do the right thing and can also, by the way, 
meander through the politics of the North Shore and the various folks and figureheads there that you've got to deal with, which is substantial, right? Yeah. You know, I don't know who it is. There's Maybe it's Ross Williams. I, you know, it's somebody that has got enough clout that they can get through that situation and they also have pro surfing, you know, at, at their at their you know it's in their heartstrings and so then is there a guy like that in in south africa and certainly i think the person at jay bay um that woman uh that runs it there for billabong she could probably be the figurehead for for jay bay and and run or whoever it is somebody running south africa surfing and is doing it right like we just got to find the right three or four people and we find the right person in north america and we just run that tour you know, whatever that looks like and however it convenes at the end, of course, we would want it to just end at pipeline. What if we just took the top um, five people from each nation state, five from North America, five from Hawaii, five from uh, Australia, five from South Africa, five from Brazil. I don't know. What did I come up with? Is that 25 or 30? We bring those top five. We don't care how they name them. You can just pick them out of a hat. If you want to just send Gabe Medina and he doesn't have to do any events in his hometown, that's fine. But you send your five, we'll send our five. We all come together for the Pipe Masters, and that's the championship. And, I mean, that's that's just a start. You know, I'm just throwing yeah. shit on the wall here. But I think de- my point is decentralized. We tried to centralize. And yeah. sadly, it's just not working out, and COVID's a big part of it. Well, and, it, was, it wasn't profitable before COVID, but COVID broke it. And so we decentralize, and we just make it, like I said. Yeah, I like it. I'm not against it at all. I think uh, it would certainly be a step in the right direction anyways, without having the um, kind of corporate capitalist mentality as being the center of it, you know? And, and each nation state, look, like here in America, in the United States, look, we can be corporate. Like it can be sponsored by Red Bull or whatever. I don't give a shit. Send your top five Red Bull guys from North America. Send Griffin and Chloe and whoever. Send your five guys, you know, and, and they can be team Red Bull or whatever. You know, and yep. And then in Australia, it'll just be like, we're sponsored by the nation state of Australia. You know, we're wearing green and yellow and this is the Australian national surf team or whatever, you know, or maybe, and maybe that, you know, of course they're going to, there's going to be sponsorship dollars. Hurley's going to be involved or something, you know, who knows, but decentralizing is my point. I like it. Uh, It's a step in the right direction. Well, in a year from now, Am we'll I bored? See. Am I no, bored? no. Yeah. In a year from now, we'll see if uh, if things are going that way. Um, well, when you think about it, if the WSL folds, that's all there is anyway. All you're going to have is a bunch of guys in Australia going, "Well, shit, let's do our thing," and you're going to have guys here going, "Well, shit, let's do our thing," and you're going to have people in Brazil going, "Well, shit, let's do our thing," and we're all going to do our own things anyway. So we right. might as the end of the year come together at Pipeline and or have three events, have vans, like let's do the Triple Crown. I don't know, but it's got to end somewhere, you know, with a bang. I agree. Um, I wanted to follow up on a couple of conversations we've had recently. You subscribed to Stab Premium two or three weeks ago. I did. Have you been using it and do you like it? Is it worth it? I haven't used it once. <laughs> I have. I did. I used or somebody, I got an email from them that said the thing broke like the day that I signed up, but I yeah. haven't even been back to Stab because I don't know. I've just been surfing. I've been busy. I, I just, there's been some good news. You, I mean, there's, but I'm on it right now. I just clicked on it and it looks pretty good. I mean, the day that day, Oh, there's some cool shit. Like Zeke, Jacob, Zeke, Sazelski gets swung on by a Mexican local. So Zeke's getting Jake, in fights. Jacob Zeke. I saw that clip. Um, so 
the day that you signed up, I said that I was going to sign up too. I've not um, been prompted to like the, like you, I just haven't ended up on the site. I have all the intention to sign up, but there's been nothing like no article popped up in my feed that I thought, Oh, let me click on that and watch it or see it. There's been nothing that drew me to the site back to actually make the transaction. So I'm still planning to, but I just wanted to, I didn't think it would take me weeks. I thought, honestly, I was going to sign up that day or the next day, or I'd have a reason to. And the fact that I'm weeks later, I figured I would just ask you whether or not it's worth it. I think it's like, per, okay, so a couple things. As I mentioned, when I did sign up, part of the reason I'm signing up is because um, I'm a fan of, of, I think we need it's the written word. Will. We need... Yeah, it's a goodwill move on my part. Plus, I dig stab. I'm into it. Let's try. I, I'm, no, but it's also I'm, the I'm, goodwill that they've already established. Like exactly, exactly. They, they've done a bunch of stuff that you like, and you're going to like in yeah. the future. So you might as well support it. That's yeah, how I, I want. Like I want to support it. I want to support did. it. Just like I want to support what you do, and what, I just want to support people. I want people to succeed. So, and and it's not a, It's not like they're offering me the inertia for eighty bucks a year or whatever. Like, I, you know, what I mean, like there's some. Good I haven't been shit there in here. years. Um, the there's some like mountain yoga goat yoga that they're doing exactly no uh, i'm just i look i don't want to talk shit on inertia even though i just did because i'm a i'm a big fan of uh zach zach's I'm, a good i'm he's impressed a good by zach look at what he's pulled together i mean he's done an incredible job with that business yeah and i'm glad he's succeeding it's just yeah, not my course. cup of tea um you're not the audience you're not the demo audience um i don't think i'm anyone's demo they're like look at that guy with a hat on are you kidding i, I don't even want to sell him anything Guys in his um, garage, it's all dark and shit. You're, I don't know if you just uh, were doubling down on last week's wax job, but this board you have in the background now, it has an even, an even older, thicker, uglier wax job than last week's board. <laughs> see if you can bring that in. Yeah, bring it in. Don't knock yeah. down your guitar. Oh, you see that? Bring yeah, it. I do. Thing's dirty. <laughs> we're kind of salty over here. We're dirty, we're salty. That's booty, booty mashed in wax. It is. I've just uh, been, it's been too cold to take wax off. Is that Orion Cycle Arise surfboard? It is. It's one of the Sabres. That one's 7.2. I have a 6.10. That one's 7.2. And, oh, man, I'm loving those boards. Twin fin. I've gotten some new boards, you know, like some other boards that have come in that I ordered. And at the end of the day, I'm just like, this is the board, you know, like, I've kind of found totally. the board for the next year, you know, like this board is just, and part of it is because I'm getting old, like twin fins, they scoot and they skirt and they, they squirt and they, they go, you know, like I don't have to do too much work because I'm not doing anything. What am I doing? I'm doing a bottom turn. Yeah. And maybe a top turn, yeah. you know, but I, you know, like it's not like I'm getting crazy. No, but all that stability and then just drive through the turns. That's all you want. That's all I got. <laughs> Um, so one detail, I wanted to mention this a couple of weeks ago and I just totally slipped my mind, but when the, there was that Maverick swell, yes, Pete Mel should have been our Duke that week. I know, dude, Man, he was, he was everyone else's Duke. He was all over the media and well-deserved too. I mean, that was insane. That was, that was so cool. And his son was out there watching it. That's pretty cool. Pete Mel paddled out at freaking the swell of the certainly of the year thus far but i mean honestly maybe of the last few years and well, they're the saying they're saying maybe like i mean 
it's not it's a, it's not hyperbole. They're saying maybe the best swell ever. Do you remember we were on the air that morning? Weren't we on yeah. the air that morning? Yeah, we were. And I was like, dude, I'm looking at the cam yeah. and it's looking like legit, you know. Anyway, well, I interrupted you. No, well, he's got he got the biggest wave of his life. What he said was the biggest wave of his life. And how old do you think Pete Mel is? He's probably like a year younger than me, maybe like I bet he's 54. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a amazing thought to think that you can get the best wave or the biggest wave of your life at 54. So kudos on Pete. And we got to figure out what is, um, how old are you going to be? How, how 20, old will you 20, be? 23 probably. You've already, you've already caught your best wave. No, I have all these great grand plans to um, get fitter than I've ever been and surf more than I've ever surfed. And when I implement those is when I will get it. All right. Fair enough. I'm prioritizing work and cuddling with the dog in the morning. Okay. Well, good for you then. So it's preventing me from getting the best wave. Um, but my real Duke this week, so that was a throwback Duke to that week for Pete, but my Duke yeah. this week, there's only one, right? I mean, Talking about oh. doing the laps on the news cycle, Mikey Wright. Dude, that was so great. I just happened to be on Instagram when it went down. Like the night that it went, like he put it up and I tried to capture it. I, I butchered it on my Instagram, but yeah, that was insane. That That is full legendary, legend status, lifeguard shit. As a former lifeguard, actually all surfers are lifeguards. Let's just be honest. If you're a surfer, you're, I'm constantly looking at people going, that guy's about to go into a rip current, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So I, you know, and of course, surfers, you know, our legacy is lifeguarding, life-saving. You know, like the original, like, studly surfer guys from California were all lifeguards. All my heroes when I was a kid in Del Mar were lifeguard guys. So anyway. Yeah. Well, Mikey, I'm sure everybody's seen the footage. And by the way, this did well more than the rounds on Instagram. I mean, it was covered on international National. news. Yeah. yeah. Like crazy. Everybody wanted to interview with Mikey and Tyler because she was there too. But Mikey was the one who entered the water. Uh, and I want to say it was Dude, Wednesday. How gnarly was that? Like he, he must have gotten caught up and beat up. Those, those rocks of Keiki are so sharp. I mean, it's reef. It's, it's super sharp. Like I don't think there's any sharper rocks on the North Shore than those rocks of Keiki. It's that gnarly lava that's just like, like you look at it and you bleed. And he's you know, just getting hammered on those things. Do you know who it was, the person that he rescued? Do you know their backstory at all? No. Me neither. I didn't, I didn't actually look into it that deeply. I just watched the footage of it. But they were, I mean, the waves were huge and pumping and like just swept over that part of the reef. And there was uh, pre presumably just a non-surfing spectator who got swept up in it and was just getting dragged across back and forth and never had the wherewithal to like put their, like they weren't below their head in water. They were shallow enough to where they could have stood up if they found something that wasn't going to slice their feet, found a little patch, but the water was mm -hmm. moving so quick that it would probably just drag them down again. And I think you can relate to Mikey a little bit in that simply understanding the way that water moves, you can navigate your way through that situation. So while that person was probably thinking that was the end of their life and they're going to get swept out into 30 foot waves, Mikey was able to kind of get to the person, hold them, have the wherewithal to kind of let the ocean pull when it needs to pull and not fight it and resist it necessarily. And then kind of get pushed up onto the sandy part of the shoreline and eventually, you know, uh, plant their feet and pull the person out. 
but it was a heroic effort for sure. Super gnarly. That's that's just that one scene where the camera kind of pans to the ocean and you just see Mike sprinting. You see the back of Mikey and he's sprinting full speed. Like that was full on like Rocky Balboa shit right there. Mongrel, mongrel power. Yes. I'm I'm always a fan, but now I'm a huge fan. Yeah, me too. That's surfing um, at its best right there. That's that's surfers in a good light. That's when surfers are the best, not the worst. Agreed. Not fighting over a valuable resource. <laughs> I wanna tell everyone about the giant used parking lot swap. Buy, sell, trade, use surfboards, giant parking lot sale at the Del Mar Fairgrounds, the main parking lot at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. January 23rd, that's a Saturday, from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's free parking, free admission. If you want to sell a board, it's $10 a board to sell a board, and you can sign up at boardroomshow.com. There's going to be hundreds of surfboards there, hundreds of surfers buying, selling, swapping, and uh, you're going to want to check that out. But to attend, to attend, you don't have to RSVP in advance? No, you can just show up. Cool. Just show up, you can buy some surfboards. But if you uh, want to how, sell boards, you got to, if you want to sell, you got to, you got to register to sell. How many of your own quiver are you offloading? Oh man, a few, but it's hard to sell them, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> are you actually getting rid of a few? I probably will, you know, I don't really want <laughs> to, but we'll yeah. see. We'll yeah. see. All right. Do it for the people. Some listener right now would be so honored to ride a Scott Bass board. Well, everyone's got used boards. I mean, it's hard to get a new board these days at least a custom one and yeah. um, used boards are worth a lot more money now because I know it's amazing. So you deserve it. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, Scott, we owe a thanks to our longtime sponsor, Neat essentials for always keeping us in business. Thank you. Neat. Yeah, man. Yeah. Obviously um, we haven't hit it the last couple of weeks, but we have a subscription platform set up that really allows us to kind of have a predictable business. Um, so five bucks a month is what you can do to support us here. And that'll allow us to archive the show properly. It'll also allow us to create more and better content in 2021. I need video editors to put all this stuff together after the fact, Scott, and we need to pay those people. So. Right. Well, I got, I just got an, I think I sent you a text. I got a guy who was saying he loves listening to us. And he thought he saw me at the driving range, but it wasn't me. But he's like, hey, I was listening to you. And I thought I saw you hitting balls while I was listening to you. And it was a trip. And he asked for um, the link. You should have. He, he, he sent it. I think he subscribed. I'm looking at you, his thing. Here. Uh, and I'll put the subscribe hyperlink in your show notes. So whatever sh app you're listening in, Apple Podcasts, whatever, the very first word will say subscribe in those notes. Click that. It'll hyperlink you over. You could have it set up in one minute. It's super simple to do. Um, you should have asked him how you were hitting balls. And if he said freaking smashing 400 yard drives, you could have been like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, okay. Scott. Yeah. Until you next gonna, time. Are you going to surf in the morning? Are you going to ride that 7-2? Yeah. No, I'll be on a shorter board, 6'10", probably. Okay. It's supposed to be pretty good tomorrow. Yeah. See. All right. Hey, David. Good. Good show. Until next time, adios and aloha. Aloha.